Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Milky Way Radio, the one true radio show of the 27th century. Glad to have you back with us today. As always, let's go ahead and start off the show with some current events. Let's see here, what have we got on the agenda for today? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's... that's not good. Um, listeners, uh, I apologize, but it appears that we've got a bit of a situation here I have to deal with. Um, here, uh, let's go ahead and play the sponsorship ad for the day, and I will be right back with you in just a few moments here. Are you in trouble with the Confederate Tax Revenue Service? Are you 10,000 credits or more in debt? Are you receiving threatening letters from the CTRS? Are you struggling or unable to make your payments? Well, worry no more because Galactic Finance Solutions is here to help. We understand more than anyone that the CTRS does not mess around. If you fail to make your payments, they can and will garnish your wages, repossess your property, and even incarcerate you. Don't let this happen to you. Here at Galactic Finance Solutions, we have a team of well-trained financial advisors and accountants here ready to help you get out of debt and out of the CTRS radar. We will work tirelessly to investigate your case and utilize every possible workaround, loophole, and technicality we can to either significantly reduce your debt or clear it away entirely. We offer free consultations, so feel free to reach out to us and see just how much of your debt you can reduce. Don't let the CTRS get to you. Call Galactic Finance Solutions today. Is your ship in need of some extra firepower? Excellent! If not, keep listening anyways, because you can never have too much firepower on your vessel. Galactic Armament Emporium is pleased to provide the galaxy with all of your space defense needs. These are dangerous times, now more than ever with the whole galaxy on the brink of war. If you want to make sure that you are adequately prepared to handle any situation that may come your way, then you need to make a stop at your nearest Galactic Armament Emporium. We offer everything from dual plasma cannons and railguns to mass accelerator cannons. Nothing says mind your own business as much as 2.5 kilotons of explosive power. Now I know what you might be thinking. Retrofitting my commercial vessel would be an incredible hassle. Where would I draw the power required for a railgun on my cruiser ship? Why toss a mass accelerator cannon onto my ship when the drag will be a pain to deal with when traveling through a planet's atmosphere? Well, I am happy to inform you that we have all that taken care of. We understand the frustration that can come with modifying your space vessel. Adding a cannon onto a ship that wasn't designed to carry one can lead to a whole list of problems, but not when you shop at Galactic Armament Emporium. Our team of expert ship technicians will aid you through every step of the process and offer a variety of solutions for any potential problem you may come across. That cannon causing too much drag when you re-enter atmosphere? Not to worry. We offer an aerodynamic cannon designs and cannons made from lightweight materials to minimize the issue. Not enough power for your beam-based weaponry? We sell secondary power systems and engine boosters to meet your power needs. Maybe you don't want super cool guns. That's okay. Just looking for a little extra protection? We offer kinetic shield systems as well as energy-based shield systems. These not only protect from hostile travelers, but also more mundane threats such as space debris, minor meteorite impacts, and space parasites. Whatever the problem is, we have got what you need. So stop on by your nearest Galactic Armament Emporium today. Locations available in most systems in Confederate space and one location in the Eris system located within the Centauri Dominion. Big thanks to Galactic Finance Solutions and to the Galactic Arms Emporium for helping make today's shows possible.
I apologize once again for the interruption from earlier listeners. It appears that we've run into a pickle today. It seems that there has been a Zaydrak infestation on the planet of Sindara 3, which is only a handful of parsecs away from where we are right now, actually. In case you were not aware, Milky Way Radio is broadcasted from aboard the CS Reliant, an old cargo ship that has been retrofitted to spread our show across the galaxy. We were just headed to Sundar 3 to refuel and gather some more supplies, but news has just broken about the Zadrak epidemic, which has left us in a rather tricky spot. While our advertisements for the day were playing, I had a discussion with my production team about how to proceed. At this moment, we lack sufficient fuel to make it to the next inhabited planet in the system, and if we travel below light speed, we will reach the next nearest planet in about a year and a half, which wouldn't be all that bad if we wouldn't starve to death within the next three weeks. We drew straws for who has to don our exosuit when we land on Sindara 3 and go make a supply run. I drew the short straw, so right after our broadcast today ends, I will put fate to the test. Afterwards, I shall spend the next two weeks quarantined in the airlock. Should I survive, all shall return to normal. If not, Milky Way Radio will take a week off to mourn my loss before my assistant producer takes over as host of the show. But enough about all of that, let's discuss the actual news story. Sundar 3 is currently suffering from a major Zaytrak epidemic at the moment, having already spread to around three-fourths of the planet settlements. The epidemic began just a month ago, however the government of Sundara 3 has actively suppressed the spread of the news on the outbreak and it is largely speculated that the reason being is that this time of year is when they receive the largest influx of off-world tourists. It is believed at this time that the outbreak occurred in the Eridus settlement, though how the parasite managed to make it there is still currently unknown. A planet-wide quarantine has been put into effect that has restricted all travel off-world until the situation has been resolved. The Galactic Confederacy has been alerted and the Galactic Department of Health and Disease Control is already commencing efforts to suppress the epidemic. As of right now, there have been no reports of Zadrak spreading beyond Sundar 3 and any nearby planets in the system. However, it is advised that if you are traveling anywhere within the Aquila system that you increase your ship's decontamination protocols and wear a protective exosuit when leaving your ship until it is announced that the outbreak has come to an end. A bit of information on the Zadrak parasite. They are a particularly vicious form of parasite that are native to the harsh world of Chars 451. The timeline on which they were spread to other planets is unknown, but it is estimated that the first occurrence of Zadrax being carried off-world by unsuspecting travelers is around 11,000 years ago. Having evolved on the unforgiving ball of ice that is Chars 451, they evolved to withstand extreme conditions, allowing them to spread far and wide. They typically enter a hibernative state until they are presented with an opportunity to latch onto a potential host. They also have the advantage of being capable of utilizing most life forms as potential hosts, with a few exceptions such as the Eindar and Skrulls. The parasite will usually quickly and discreetly embed themselves into their host where they will focus on reproduction, birthing dozens of larvae within their host in preparation to spread as quickly as possible. The larvae mature rather quickly, only taking about 36 hours to reach maturity, where they will leave their mother's host body typically through excrement or vomiting, and will quickly spread out to infect others. Once the reproductive phase is complete, the parasite will focus on breaking down its host body, using the body's resources to feed, and will continue to grow inside the host, latching onto and growing into its major organ systems until it has complete control. Shortly thereafter, the body will die as the whole process is energy-intensive and can't be sustained for very long. 
The parasite then simply repurposes the remaining biomatter left from the host into a form of larva nursery before dying. The danger of Zadrak infestations is that the parasite, until reaching the end of its life cycle, is very discreet, hardly noticeable with symptoms being very mild. Victims typically complain of headaches, stomach aches, and lack of energy. It is during that time that it spreads to various other people around them, and by the time that anyone is aware of the problem, the parasite has usually infected several hundred people. The good news is that Zadrak infestations typically tend to burn out rather quickly, seeing as how the host and parasite never seem to live longer than a week. Zadrak infestations are characterized by rapid spreading and quick mortality, so it usually cannot be sustained for longer than a few weeks to months at worst, so let us hope that the good old GDHDC deals with the problem quickly and we can rid ourselves of those no-good parasites before it spreads anywhere else. Next on the news, it appears that Sundara 3 isn't the only planet on the verge of collapse. On the planet of Sotun in the Pharaoh Sector, there are talks of a looming civil war. The Minari, who are inhabitants of Sotun, have been struggling in the past decade due to their rapidly declining economy. In the past, their economy was largely dependent on their palladium mines, but when the mines ran dry, their economy took a big hit. Since then, they have been in the news quite often due to various corruption allegations amongst their elites political turmoil, and government overspending. The Minari government is currently struggling to maintain order over the civilian population as resource shortages are at hit. The Minari government is currently struggling to maintain order over the civilian population as resource shortages hit an all-time low. Their head of government, Magister Salit Ventos, has requested financial aid from the Galactic Confederacy on several occasions. However, as the widespread famine and turmoil continues, many begin to question how those funds are being spent. It appears that many citizens of Sotun have lost their faith in their government and are preparing to take matters into their own hands as a significant portion of the civilian population have begun to support a group of military defectors led by former general Amusa Din. They are backing their newly elected magister Amusa Din and have established their own capital in the city of Erevis. While all-out civil war has not broken out just yet, it certainly seems that that may be where things are headed. The Confederacy has sent several ambassadors down to Sotun to help broker negotiations between both sides to help resolve the situation without unneeded bloodshed, but neither party seems to be willing to back down and the people grow more restless by the day. The rebel government has even managed to amass some galactic support, with several planets in nearby sectors officially recognizing Amusa Din as the legitimate leader of the Minari people and offering financial aid as well as shipping and supplies such as food, medical supplies, and munitions. I do not wish to take a side on the matter, but I do wish the Minari people the best, and I hope that things turn out for the better. Well, listeners, that about wraps things up for our news segment today. On to our next segment... Today's discussion topic. Today I thought we could discuss space safety. For any of our terrestrial listeners who may have been considering traveling through space, you may find this segment useful. As a long-time spacer myself, I think I know a thing or two about space travel, and I thought this segment would be a good way to pass on that wisdom down the line. Before we begin, listeners, quick question to test your spacefaring knowledge. What poses the greatest risk to you and your ship when traversing through space? Go on, take a moment to think about it. Have you got an answer yet? Well, if not, I'll tell you. It is user error. That is right, folks. No amount of cosmic radiation or asteroids poses a greater risk to you and your ship than you yourself. 
That is why it is highly recommended that you purchase an automated ship guidance system if your ship does not already have one included. The very ship this show is broadcasted from is currently being piloted by our ship AI, Betty. You can choose to fly your ship the old-fashioned way, and it is still good to know how to pilot your own ship in the event that something has happened to your guidance system, but in 98% of cases, it is best to leave your AI to do the heavy lifting. There are so many things that can go wrong, and it is hard to keep track of each and every one of them. Did you get feet confused with meters while re-entering atmosphere? Congratulations, you are now the pilot of a fiery ball of death, and you will likely roast inside of the hull of your ship before you even hit the ground. Did you mess up those trajectory calculations while plotting your next course? Another fiery death for you because you crashed straight into a star or an asteroid or whatever. Basically, user error results in a lot of fiery deaths that could easily be avoided. Secondly, another cosmic threat to your existence is cosmic radiation. Yes, those stars sure do look pretty, but I assure they are trying their best to kill you. Now most ships are equipped with radiation shields to protect your fragile cells from their harmful effects, but as we travel through space, your ship is going to go through some wear and tear as a result of space debris. It's not the space debris that you might be thinking of. I'm not talking about asteroids or anything like that. No, I am talking about space trash. Space itself is actually pretty darn empty, so for a majority of your trip, you'll be a-okay. However, you will encounter a ton of space junk when exiting and entering a planet's orbit. This is because colonized or civilized planets are surrounded in fields of debris from defunct machines left in planet's orbits. Things like old satellites, ship parts, things of that nature. As you come and go, these little bits of space debris will begin to wear down your ship's radiation shields. It is generally recommended that you get your ship inspected at least once a year for damages. Even small holes in your ship's shields can cost you. Some minor damage and a few leaks here and there aren't a big deal, but the longer you remain in space, the more exposure you start racking up, the worse things are going to get for you. Another threat caused by cosmic radiation would be the heat that it generates. Seems a bit paradoxical given that space is pretty cold, only a couple notches away from absolute zero actually, but that is just the way it is. Whatever side of you is facing the sun or a star will fry while the other side freezes. While traveling, if you are a fair distance away from the star, you should be alright, but the closer you get, the more threat it presents to you. It is therefore recommended that you keep a backup coolant system on board in the event that your primary coolant system breaks down. It doesn't take long for your ship's temperatures to reach deadly levels either. It doesn't take long for your ship's temperature to reach deadly levels either. Most ships these days are built out of heat-resistant materials to help buy you some time, but it won't last forever. In fact, on average, it'll only buy you about an hour of time. Depending on your proximity to a star, might be sooner than that. The point I guess I'm trying to make is stay on top of your ship maintenance and keep various backup units on hand. One last point to make before we bring the broadcast to an end here, folks, is the effects of zero gravity on the body. Now, if your ship has a gravity generator, then no problems here. You're good. However, there are some folks out there that like to skimp on equipment when purchasing their ship. I don't blame them. The price really begins to add up. That said, I do encourage you to have a gravity generator installed onto your ship if you plan to traverse the cosmos on a regular basis. If you just want to cruise around from planet to planet every so often, sure, you don't need a gravity generator. But if you're going to be spending more than three months in space at a time, I would say it is a necessity. The list of effects of zero gravity on the human body just goes on and on, folks. Low blood pressure, muscular dystrophy, heart degeneration, osteoporosis, higher risk of kidney stones, and so on. 
You can counteract these effects in the short term, but like I said, if you are traveling for an extended period of time, just invest into a gravity generator, it will save you a lot of hassle. Well listeners, that just about brings our broadcast today to an end. Once again, I'd like to thank you for joining me in our journey throughout the cosmos together, and I hope to see you again soon. But just before I go, I will leave you with a fun fact. The Milky Way galaxy is about 105,700 light years wide. That means that our current level of technology, it would take a standard ship a little over nine and a half years to travel from one end to the other. As always, it has been a pleasure. Until next time, goodbye.